0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Craig Kopp, reporting that the parental rights and education bill is headed for the governor's signature.
1: I want to encourage parents across Florida to own it. They're your kids. That's Republican sponsor
0: Dennis Baxley, who says his bill is all about parents. Democrat Tina Polsky says it's all about something else.
2: Do we really think that teachers are engineering students to become gay?
0: Equality Florida, says the bill, is all about breaking the law.
3: If this bill is interpreted, if that vague, broad language is interpreted in any way that causes harm to one single child or teacher or family in the state of Florida, Equality Florida is ready to lead legal action against the state to challenge this legislation.
0: Sunrise Talks with Equality Florida's Brandon Wolfe. Big wildfires are raging in the Florida panhandle. The Ag Secretary was there.
4: You know, the temperatures continue to increase and the drought, uh, it, all, it all adds up. And, and so certainly that is a part of this, but, but we can't fix today.
0: Secretary Nikki Freed says climate change is involved. And Governor Ron DeSantis followed Freed to the fires.
5: This has been uh, an enormous fire and multiple fires, as we know. Uh, The conditions over the last uh, three days have been ideal for the fire moving and spreading.
0: And talk about your economic sanctions. McDonald's is shutting down the golden arches in Russia. But first... After hours and hours of debate, the Florida Senate has passed HB 1557, the Parental Rights and Education Bill, which opponents have labeled the Don't Say Gay Bill. Democratic Senator Tina Polsky.
2: Do we really think that teachers are engineering students to become gay? It's preposterous. I know in my lifetime, in my children's lifetime, in school, almost every teacher was a parent, him or herself. Do you really think they're going to expose children to things that are not age appropriate? I wanted to ask a little bit more about the Sunshine Standards yesterday, but really what the bill should be is that we need to follow the Sunshine Standards, and that would take care of everything because it was described as having age-appropriate curriculum, and that's all that we need. We don't need to single out a particular group. And Senator actually made it very clear that that's what this bill does. It singles out the LGBTQ community. I mentioned yesterday that what we really need to be doing is teaching tolerance, caring, loving, anti-discrimination, anti-bigotry. Tell me how this bill does that. Tell me how this bill is helping us create kind, giving, tolerant adults I don't see it, I see it as exactly the opposite. And finally, I just wanna end on kind of the obvious. Yesterday, this bill was the only thing on special order. We spent an entire day on the Don't Say Gay bill. I don't know about you, but I haven't gotten a single call about this in my office. I get calls about drastic increases in rent, the property insurance crisis the cost of housing. These are the issues that are affecting everyday Floridians. If we put the great minds of this body into fixing our housing problem, I'm sure we could come up with a solution. We put the great legal minds of the staff to something like this instead of an unconstitutional bill. We could truly solve some of the greatest problems.
0: But Republican Ileana Garcia said the responsibility for teaching kids about sexual identity lies with the parents.
6: Gay is not a permanent thing. LGBT is not a permanent thing. And it's not a bad thing. I say with all due respect, when they say targeting, this isn't at all about targeting. I think this is about perhaps rerouting the responsibilities back to the parents, which is what I think that that this bill wants to once again delineate. I think that maybe it's uh, it's a great way to have a conversation. There's something that I learned from Senator Baxley is these bills are are, are great topics for happy hour. They're 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 a great topic for conversation. That's what that's what we are as a republic, a practicing democracy. That's what we do. And I wanted to take a good look at everyone, and I wanted everyone to look at me because Senator Garcia will support this bill today, but I want to explain why. There's Carla with the United Teachers of Dade, and I want to make sure that she heard this as well. You know, I, I don't like to use this tag. When I introduce my friends, I don't say, this is my best gay friend. No, this is my best friend. Or, this is my Lesbian aunt, no, this is my aunt. You know, people are people because of their qualities, not because of their identity and their sexuality. And I think a lot of the people here on the floor, including Senator Jones, knows that I am very inclusive and I'm very open with regards to that. As a matter of fact, once again, my circle of friends, all LGBT, but I don't pander on that. I will never, you will never ever find Senator Garcia pandering the LGBT community for a vote, ever. Because I have a son and I have relatives and I have people that I love. So first and foremost, I think that what I haven't heard on this floor and seldom do I talk is exactly what LGBT is. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans. One thing is sexuality and another thing is identity. You can identify as the opposite But not necessarily like the opposite sex. I'll give you an example. A very good friend of mine, trans, went through the whole transition as an older man, 58 years old, became a woman. And guess what? He still likes women.
0: The bill's sponsor, Republican Dennis Baxley, seemed tired of everybody telling him why he supports the legislation.
1: At the end of the day, my passion for this bill, I can tell you why I'm doing it. You don't have to project onto other people their why. It's hard enough just to hear what they're saying. But I don't tell anybody why they're doing something. I have a hard enough time figuring out why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I want to tell you why. It's because I know how important it is to empower parents in this relationship. I want to encourage parents across Florida to own it. They're your kids, and it is tough, and it's tough to figure out what influences will be on them and what kind of decisions they will make and how that all comes out. You always feel liable for and that you're to blame for however your kids turn out. The fact is you're in a long-term project that shapes the world, And I want you to be empowered. I want you to be empowered to say, look, you're the parents. You have to take charge. You are in charge of the destiny of these kids. And many people will help you. Many wonderful teachers, people that have devoted their life to other kids, my kids, my grandkids, to help them be all that they can be. And there's some tough wrong roads. And that's why we're so cautious about who our kids are with and what they're doing and what they're talking about and what they're learning. I want every one of them to get those basic skills that however they turn out, they can prosper and survive and build a great future. And Democrat Jason
0: Pizzo called on his colleagues across the aisle to follow their conscience on this one because he said, They have shared with him how they really feel.
7: Yesterday, while walking by and we were into questions, I asked a couple members from the other side of the aisle, are you really okay with this bill? And a couple of you said, no, but I have to be. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you really don't. We have failed. As a legislature, if hundreds of kids stand outside screaming for their rights and you can't explain to 5th graders and 6th graders and 8th graders simple definitions of your own bill, you've failed. If you are causing pain that you dismiss as being irrational or unfounded, it is still your duty as a father grandfather, mother, sister, brother, to sit and spend time to explain that, and we haven't.
0: But most Republicans did vote yes. The vote was 22 to 17, with Republicans Jeff Brandis and Jennifer Bradley voting no. In his debate, Senator Pizzo pointed to one risk of approving the so-called don't say gay bill, that it risks lawsuits over invidious discrimination. Such lawsuits are already on the mind of Equality Florida. Sunrise talked with its media relations manager, Brandon Wolf. Well,
3: I think the debate that we heard over the last two days um, has been nothing short of uh, disappointing and, quite frankly, harmful to LGBTQ Floridians. Uh, we finally heard from the bill sponsor, Senator Dennis Baxley, um, tell us what's at the the core of this bill, which is an animus toward LGBTQ people. He admitted that late last night when he said that what drew him to the bill was a concern that more and more LGBTQ young people are feeling comfortable coming out of the closet while they're in schools. And he wanted to find a way to combat that. Um, we also heard in the last two or three days, uh, the governor's spokesperson and the rest of the comm staff at the governor's office Um, accusing anyone who opposes this bill of being a pedophile. So we know now, everyone's saying the quiet part out loud that this bill is driven by anti-LGBTQ extremism. Um, And unfortunately, we had to hear that play out on the floor of the Senate today and yesterday. Um, I wish I could say that I was surprised about the way that the vote would go today. Um, But as we heard from Senator Pizzo, although there have been Republicans throughout this entire process who have expressed reservations or concerns about the bill, have said this is not what they want to be working on. They also have said out loud that they feel compelled or forced to take these actions because it's part of a broader agenda from this governor to help set him up to outflank Donald Trump to the right and run for president in
0: 2024. There was a... (laughs) There was a lot of souls bared during these debates in both chambers. You know, Chevron Jones in the past two days, you could hear a pin drop in that chamber when he gave his testimony. But what you're saying was revealed really came when Senator Pizzo uh, basically cross-examined the sponsor about you know what these terms mean, what orientation means, uh, those sorts of things. And it was odd. There were not answers.
3: Well, that just tells you that these bills are not uh, crafted in response to some urgent crisis in the state of Florida, and the bill sponsors don't actually know the language that they're crafting the bills with. Um, Senator Baxley was unable to explain what he understands the definitions of sexual orientation and gender identity to be. Um, Senator Baxley was combative when he was asked about you know, the the limits of the language in his bill. He had to call in, as I think it was Senator Pasadomo said, lifelines from other Republican senators in the room to try to help make sense of this bill. And it it goes back to a, um, you know, a core belief that we've had about the bill from the beginning, and that is that the language is vague, intentionally vague and broad. um, And in its vagueness and broadness, it sweeps up entire groups of people, namely LGBTQ people in this state. And I also want to say really clearly to anyone who's listening that if this bill is interpreted, if that vague, broad language is interpreted in any way that causes harm to one single child or teacher or family in the state of Florida, Equality Florida is ready to lead legal action against the state to challenge this legislation.
0: Speak more to that, because uh, Senator Pizzo was talking about some legal term that I I think I've never heard before, uh, invidious discrimination. Um, But uh, what would the legal challenge be uh, to this bill? I'm sure you just gave me just a, a surface hint, but how would it be challenged?
3: Sure. Well, invidious discrimination is the treating of a class of persons unequally or in a manner that's malicious, hostile or damaging. And what Senator Pizzo was getting toward is the actual intent of the bill, the intent of the bill sponsor, the reason that sexual orientation and gender identity have been singled out in the bill, whereas no other, quote, sensitive topic uh, has been called out Um, And and he's really getting to the core of why this bill was brought forward by Senator Baxley and Representative Harding. And that is this fear that schools are responsible for making people LGBTQ. And in response, we have to suppress speech about LGBTQ people. Um, There is real concern that that is unconstitutional. Uh, And again, if that language is applied by the the state of Florida if that language is interpreted in any way that does harm someone, whether it's a a child or a parent or a family um, or a teacher or an administrator, if that language is interpreted in that way, then we would be willing to lead on legal action um, based on what we heard in the last couple of days in the Senate.
0: And there would have to be harm before any action could take place.
3: Well, I'm not an attorney, so I want to be careful not to sort of roadmap us here. But but certainly we have to um, we have to see how the language is interpreted um, in order for us to to help know the legal path forward. But know that we are talking to attorneys and other legal partner organizations um, to begin looking at what those paths may be.
0: The governor's signature, pretty certain here. Let's talk about the effect of this, what do you expect to happen in schools? What do you expect to happen? Will it have an economic effect on the state of Florida of this sort of law? It's certainly gotten an awful lot of attention nationally.
3: Yeah, well, I, I wanna go to the economic component first because uh, the sec- the U.S. Secretary of Education released a statement immediately following the vote where he reminded lawmakers that in order to, um, in order to qualify for federal funding, schools have to be in compliance with federal civil rights law, and that includes Title IX, which protects against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation or gender identity. Um, So in my mind, that is a reminder that there are real dollars on the line here, that while we're fighting these culture wars to help give Governor Ron DeSantis the Um, The resume he needs to run for president in 2024, they come with real consequences. Some of those may be federal dollars that go towards schools. And in terms of the the lived experience impact on people across the state of Florida, we're already seeing it and feeling it. Uh, The Trevor Project conducted a poll that showed Um, That it was 85 percent of trans and non-binary young people and 66 percent of LGBTQ young people at large that felt that their mental health was negatively impacted by the kinds of political conversations that we're having, like the Don't Say Gay conversation. Uh, We know that it's already harmful to young people across the state of Florida. We know that it's already chilling speech in classrooms across the state of Florida. We know that there have been policies passed like at Florida virtual schools to have safe space stickers removed from classrooms. Um, and, and we know that that's only gonna get worse. Uh, and certainly as this rhetoric continues to be pumped into our uh, political climate, as it continues to be pumped into the lives of Floridians, um, the outcomes are only going to get worse, especially for LGBTQ children who are already four times as likely as their peers to attempt suicide before they graduate high school.
0: There was a lot of talk by opponents in the debate the past couple of days about those students. Many who came from all over the state were on the old Capitol steps, the historic Capitol steps. Then they were in the quarters singing and chanting. And a lot of the uh, Democrat side of things, uh, reference them and talk to them directly. I was just thinking, when you're a high school student, for instance, and you have a righteous cause, and you f- bump up against something that's immovable, that can be pretty heartbreaking. <laughs> what do you have to say to those kids?
3: It can be heartbreaking, but you know, I, I first want to say that the courage of these students over the last several weeks is awe-inspiring. That while we see uh, the Florida legislature potentially as an immovable object, they simply see a vision of Florida that's possible if they get involved in the system. And, I, and I've and i seen that vision too. It, it looked to me in the past several weeks like there are two Floridas battling for the future of our state. On the one end, you have these powerful, courageous students who are willing to stand in the brightest of lights, unflinching, and say out loud that I want this to be a state that belongs to all of us, that I want this to be a state that's welcoming to everyone, that no person should feel persecuted or oppressed or less than simply because of who they are, how they identify, or who they love. And then on the other hand, you have a flora envisioned by people like Senator Dennis Baxley and Representative Joe Harding one that is regressive one that pulls lgbtq people back into the closet one that hurls anti-lgbtq bigoted language from the floor of the legislature one that puts kids in harm's way in order to fulfill some political ambitions or agenda and i have to believe that the power really rests with those young people who are willing to show up day in and day out those young people who feel that there's a future in Florida for them and their friends and their classmates. We see the Florida legislature potentially as an immovable object today, but they simply see a path forward by getting involved in the process, showing up at the ballot box to hold lawmakers accountable. And I hope ultimately running for office and sitting in those seats and making law that makes life better for Floridians, not worse.
0: Brandon Wolf with Equality Florida, Uh, much appreciate your time today.
3: Thanks,
6: Craig.
0: In the Florida panhandle, one wildfire is burning 28,000 acres, and it's only 10% under control. That drew a morning visit from Agriculture Secretary Nikki Freed. The fires are being fueled by debris from Hurricane Michael, and Freed was asked about climate change.
4: Look, you know, in the 90s, I lived through Hurricane Andrew down in Miami. We all felt at the time, across not just Florida, but across the country, that this was a -a once-in-a-lifetime storm. And unfortunately, these hurricanes are getting larger and are occurring more frequently. Um, Hurricane Michael storms through here, and then we've seen so many similar-sized hurricanes uh, make landfall, uh, not just here in Florida but across the entire country. And so we know that the climate is changing, that are preventing, that are creating these larger storms. And then, of course, as you see, you know, the temperatures continue to increase and the drought. Uh, it all, it all adds up. And and so certainly that is a part of this, but but we can't fix today. We can't fix the climate today. We just have to deal with the circumstances that are in front of us, work together, um, and and know people just need to be aware um, of what's happening around them.
0: In the afternoon, Governor Ron DeSantis was in the panhandle to applaud the work being done so far.
5: These fires are moving very quickly, uh, and it's not something you can just wait and then all of a sudden bail at the last minute. Nobody wants to tell someone to leave their home. Uh, i'd it's a, it's a major inconvenience it's not good for for people generally we understand that but if they're doing that that's because you know they fear a risk of um of, of injury uh property damage or death for an individual uh so please heed heed that call and i know all those local officials uh, are going to work to get people back in their homes i think one of the stories of this so far has been this has been uh, an enormous fire and multiple fires as we know uh, the conditions over the last uh, three days have been ideal for the fire moving and spreading the winds picked up there's not a lot of humidity in the air and so it's been a difficult situation and yet if you look at uh... the number of homes that have been total loss you know i think we have two uh... that have registered some others have been damaged uh, but there are way way more properties that have been threatened uh, over the last three days
0: In a special general election Tuesday, voters elected Democrat Rosalind Osgood in Senate District 33 in Broward County and Democrat Javante Ty Edmonds won the House seat in District 88 in Palm Beach County. Neither will serve a day in the state legislature if they don't win again in the general election in November because, as you may have noticed, their special elections came just as the legislature is about to wrap things up. It's no secret that the timing of the election and the two empty desks during the current session was a way to weaken the Democratic Party's voice. Here's some of what's happening in Florida politics today. The Senate is scheduled to hold a floor session at 10. The House is scheduled to hold a floor session at 1030. The Senate special order calendar group will set a special order calendar, which will list bills to be heard on the Senate floor as usual. That's going to happen 15 minutes after the floor session. Also, the Florida Supreme Court will hear arguments in two cases, including an appeal by death row inmate Edward Allen Covington, who was convicted in the 2008 murders in Hillsborough County of Lisa Freiburg and her two young kids. The Florida Commission on Offender Review will meet. The State Reemployment Assistance Appeals Commission will meet. The Florida Board of Cosmetology will meet. The Citizens Property Insurance Corporation Market Accountability Advisory Committee will have a meeting. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is scheduled to release an updated forecast for the 2021-22 citrus growing season. The Jacksonville Area Refugee Task Force will meet. The Triumph Gulf Coast Board of Directors, which helps oversee money from a Deepwater Horizon settlement, will meet. Among the items on the agenda is a $7.6 million proposal regarding the Florida State University Panama City Collegiate Lab School. The Florida Department of Environmental Protection will hold a meeting in Miami-Dade County about an updated unit management plan for a Letter River State Park. And finally, citing the needless human suffering unfolding in Ukraine, McDonald's says it is temporarily closing 850 locations in Russia. It will, however, continue to pay its 62,000 Russian employees and its Ronald McDonald House charities will continue to operate. Eighty-four percent of its stores in Russia are owned by the company. McDonald's opened its first location in the Soviet Union 32 years ago in Moscow, months before that state collapsed. Now, if you had a little Pulp Fiction moment like I did when you heard this story and wondered how to pronounce Big Mac in Russian, well, here you go. However, even in perfect Russian, you can't get a Big Mac there right now. That's it for today's edition of Sunrise. I'm Craig Kopp. Join us again tomorrow as we do another daily dive into Florida politics.